Well, really excited to round out today's show talking about a new book due out on Labor Day, appropriately. It's by Juliet Shore, professor of sociology at Boston College. The book is called After the Gig, How the Sharing Economy Got Hijacked and How to Win It Back. Her latest book, she has looked very holistically about where we are when it comes to work, life, and culture. Professor Shore, Juliet, really nice to have you with us. Congrats on the book. Oh, thanks. It's a great pleasure to be here. So tell us what inspired this, because this really is at the heart of so many things that we've been talking about. And I feel like we were really on this train for the gig economy, and then things started to kind of veer off. And heck, here we are in 2020. It feels like everything's veered off. So tell us how you got inspired to do this in the first place. Well, I was writing a book in 2008-9 about sort of how we could respond to what at that time, of course, was the financial collapse and economic problems and the climate crisis. I was really interested in ways that people could begin to be more self-sufficient, de-link from jobs they really didn't want to be in, corporate, you know, kind of rat race jobs, and... Uh, one of the things I started looking at as they were just being founded were new sh- sharing economy initiatives, things like Airbnb, originally the, the, the ride share companies, now now no longer really ride share. But, right. um, so these things were all just getting started. They were being founded just as I was writing that book. As soon as I finished that book, I started on a research project, and I've spent the last 10 years studying the sort of early promise of the gig or what was called the sharing economy, and then, of course, how things developed. So in in your research, was there one big takeaway that you learned from this? Well, I say there are two. I mean, the first one is that these were, this technology that these platforms use is really great, and it does hold wonderful promise. But the platforms came to be, they were founded by, and then investors came in, people who really weren't interested in having them achieve all the social benefits um, that, you know, they were promising in the early days. And they really just went for market domination, growth, and profitability. And, And they kind of commercialized what was originally supposed to be a very personal person-to-person kind of economic structure. So that's one takeaway. It was sort of, you know, greed greed got the better of these right. things. Um, but there's one other really important finding in our book, uh, which is that people who were just using these platforms for extra income, what we call supplemental income, mostly had really good experiences on them. And whether we're talking Airbnb, ride hails, we looked at a lot at TaskRabbit, which is a kind of errands mm-hmm. and home, home-based work platform. People who were trying to earn a living on them were really having to struggle. And, you know, many of them were earning below the poverty line. We didn't have any of those what we call dependent earners who were actually making a good living. So... One of the problems is that more and more people on these platforms are people who need to make a living on them, and that's especially true in ride hail and food delivery. So the 
that, that's another really important thing that I think has, has gotten lost, which is that they're, they're really not feasible as jobs, and yet, of course, many, you know, they, they offer themselves as, as being able to, to provide, like, a real income to people, especially ride hail food delivery. Right. But it and doesn't work. And Juliet, I got to ask you, I mean, you've been doing this research, as you said, really looking into this for the better part of a decade. And here we get to 2020, and I feel like everything gets turned upside down, including the gig economy, the sharing economy, however you would want to define it. Every aspect of every economy got turned upside down. Absolutely. I mean, ride-hailing collapsed. Suddenly there was insatiable demand for in-store shoppers and delivery. Um, the other thing that we're seeing in the interviews we're doing is that uh, these workers can't get work anymore because the companies have hired so many people. There was a story out on Bloomberg today about um, a group of uh, delivery workers on Amazon who were positioning phones in trees right next Amazing. to the stores as a way of being the first one because the, the algorithm picks the closest phone. Yeah. So it's gotten really brutal out there. Our uh, people we're interviewing are telling us that, you know, other people are using bots to snag uh, ships, and so they can't get work anymore. So, yes, it's really upended a lot of people's uh, lives. The other part of the story is what's happened with Uber in California and the idea that the drivers for Uber need to be, I mean, it's been put off, but can be classified as workers, so they have to get paid things like paid leave and insurance, social security, et cetera. Um, What do you make of that? I'm I'm of two minds. I mean, one is like, well, do the workers actually want to be classified as such if they're just making extra income? Or is this a good thing because it sort of moves that, develops that industry, matures that industry? What's your take? So the polling will show that most workers would like to be independent contractors. And that's, you know, many of them got into this work because of the freedom that it offers. But what's happened is that many drivers began to realize that they, they, were, they couldn't make it as ICs. And they sort of reluctantly came around to the idea that the only way they're going to get a decent income and decent working conditions is as um, employees. So the, the, the sort of the squeeze that Uber and Lyft put on the drivers, in, in California especially, uh, they've, they've really been squeezed. I mean, you, you read all these stories of drivers sleeping in their cars, and they're spending you know, a huge fraction now of their time driving around with empty cars. So they, they, they came to support this law, AB5, which reclassifies them as employees. The, the real rub is, is whether the companies will continue to give them flexibility if, they're, if they do convert them to employees. It's something that companies can do. They're going to have to tweak the model. They're saying it's impossible, right. um, but I don't think that's true. And of course, they're playing hardball. They've They've got a uh, $200 million uh, flush fund to pass a proposition overturning the law for them. And um, I have a, a, a good friend who's being harassed by the, the PR companies that, that Uber and Lyft have hired. So it's, it's gotten into a nasty fight. And so who ultimately can, should, will kind of 
fix this to, to some extent? Because you do say, even in the title of your book, we can sort of win this back to some extent. Who needs to come to the table to figure this out? Well, there are two paths to, to winning it back. I mean, one, we, we have begun to see some fruits of, and that is the regulatory path. New York uh, put in a minimum wage for ride-hail drivers in 2018. It, it regulated Airbnb. So, it, you know, it's much better. In, in New York, they have a, uh, after expenses, drivers need to get $17 an hour. So that's, you know, a much more reasonable wage than the sort of $7 that, or $5 even, that some drivers around the country are getting after expenses are taken care of. Mm. Um, So regulation is one thing, really important. Also, a lot of gig workers are joining unions, so that gives another sort of counterforce to the power of the platform companies. But one of the things my research team and I studied is, is, uh, you know, a little bit more out of the box. It's called a platform cooperative where the workers actually own the platform. They own the technology. And so they're, they're not up against management or investors. They actually can deploy that technology for themselves. And the, the, it's, the, the cooperative model works really well here because the technology has pretty much innovated away a lot of what management normally does. Mm. So technology and workers together is a pretty efficient outcome. And we studied, uh, we did one of the first studies of a platform cooperative, and it's been really successful. And there, uh, you know, there are just a few of them still, but they are popping up in house cleaning. There's up and up and glow in New York and dri- driving. Uh, bicycle couriers are forming co-ops all over Europe and a little bit in North America too. So that's sort of like the different type of union. Not a traditional fight big corporation, but it's sort of its own independent union. Does that make sense? Yeah, except that the workers actually own the company. Yeah, right. like that's like the new iteration of this. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, interesting, interesting. What could cat- What's the next sort of catalyst here? I feel like we live in a world of mm-hmm. catalysts. Like, what's going to force this issue, Juliet? Well, I do think if we get a Democratic administration, there's going to be some movement on this at the national level Mm -hmm. because the inability of these gig workers, you know, there are now more and more of them. I mean, we're talking about millions and millions of workers in this country, uh, you know, really a growing sector who don't even have access to unemployment insurance or health benefits or really, you know, basic things. So the, the, um, the first uh, bill out of Congress to deal with Corona, the, the CARES Act, did set up a special fund for right. these gig workers. So they've, they've finally gotten a toehold into federal policy, and I think you're going to see that really expand if you have a Democratic administration. All right. Well, we will certainly keep an eye on this story. Congratulations on an incredibly timely book. And it sounds like a long time in the making in terms of the research. So uh, just a, a, a rich uh, vein to mine here. And we look forward to keeping in touch. In touch. Juliet Shore is professor of sociology at Boston College. Her new book, appropriately coming out right around Labor Day, After the Gig, How the Sharing Economy Got Hijacked and How to Win It Back.